the fundamental reason for why most startups fail is that it's it's literally not the right co-founding team um, uh, that that starts off to begin with, right? And it's also one of the biggest challenges you have as as a great founder is to find you know co-founders with the, those other skills that you need to build a great team and a great business. Many times you're close to bankruptcy. Many times there are other big issues. And great founders, they uh, they find a way through that. And that tenacity is critical. Sometimes, you know, teams succeed not because they were the best one or not because uh, they had the best business model, but just because they didn't give up. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup U, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup U, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Welcome to episode 137 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. And on today's show, it's my pleasure to welcome Norwegian entrepreneur Magnus Grimland, the ex-Navy SEAL and Harvard graduate who has co-founded Antler, a global startup generator whose mission it is to turn the world's top talent into great founders of great companies. Well, if you're a regular listener to the Screw It, Just Do It show, you'll know by now that it takes a hell of a lot to blow me away when it comes to new businesses, new ideas, and indeed new people. But the interview you're about to hear with Magnus from Antler was one of those occasions. I generally think that this business, with Magnus driving it alongside his incredibly talented team, has the potential to change the world in the same way Airbnb or Uber or even Apple has done. My 20-minute chat for a 30-minute episode turned into well over an hour of Magnus's time, and it's worth listening all the way through. This is for you if you're looking to launch a successful tech business and have spike desire drive and tenacity, but don't know where to start. This is for you if you're looking for an upwardly mobile organization to work for, or for you if you have loads of experience helping startups and want to give back. Or lastly, this is for you if you're an investor looking for the biggest opportunity this side of the next solar system. Magnus left a successful career in retail to identify and nurture the next generation of game-changing companies. Founded in 2017, they painstakingly researched the best practices from the world's foremost VCs, universities and accelerators and picked the best elements from all of these communities to form Antler, a startup generator. Antler's revolutionary process sources the most promising talents and puts them together to co-found businesses they will own and run and provides them with access to all the mentoring and funding they need to succeed. The first cohort graduated from Singapore in 2018 and Andler have gone on to build 47 companies and establish further cohorts in Stockholm, Oslo, Sydney, Amsterdam and London with New York, Nairobi and many others to follow. Want to hear more? This is going to blow you away. Let's start up.
we really just care about great talent. Um, and then we bring in amazing individuals and then we really build everything from scratch and we're non-prescriptive in terms of what they build, right? So we build everything from deep tech companies to consumer electronics companies. The other thing I think is interesting with us is that we're really mostly interested in, in truly building uh, globally scalable models and thereby utilizing our global network, right? So, so Antler is a global platform, of course, now we're um, we're not in South America yet, and, and we're, we're thinking about launching there, and, and we're also, you know, exploring China. But apart from that, we are, you know, in the other continents, and therefore can really help those founders, uh, you know, easily expand from the UK uh, into all of Europe, Asia, uh, US through this global advisory network, and just just having landing pads there. So, so you know. Um, I, th I think we're one of a kind, uh, but of course there there are many great institutions uh, in early stage who do elements of what we're doing. Yeah, um, and what I found interesting um, was that you're essentially getting people. You're you're investing in people rather than in products. Am I right? That's how you've kind of looked at it. You're looking at the individual rather than the idea. Yeah, so what we do is um, uh, we believe that uh, the fundamental reason for why most startups fail is that it's it's literally not the right co-founding team um, mm. uh, that, that starts off to begin with, right? And it's also one of the biggest challenges you have as, as a great founder is to find, you know, co-founders with the, those other skill sets that you need to build a great team and a great business. Massively, um, yeah. Uh, and so, so we're just focusing on that. So literally, like when, when people apply to our program, um, we don't care about what they want to build at that point in time. We care about them as an individual. And if we believe that they are really strong and make a great founder, then we will have, you know, another 99 people in the same program who are also amazing founder material. And thereby we can put together strong teams. And when they have the strong teams, we'll figure out the business model. Uh, yeah. And uh, that I think is very powerful because, you know, all types of, of service, you look at why startups fail, you know, typically the, the co-founding team comes up as, as the number one reason. Um, mm. And then the second reason is that they were just working on the wrong thing, right? But the business yeah. model does work. And, and, and therefore, when we have the teams put together, the, the other thing we do is we just spend a lot of time on business model validation. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, and, you know, by doing those things, we, we don't believe that, you know, there's no magic bullet there, right? I mean, uh, there is a certain chance of, of any uh, startup failing, but there's no reason why 95% of startups should fail, which yeah. is currently the, the current statistic, right? Most mm. of the reasons why startups fail is is stupid reasons, <laughs> as I call them. It's like, you know, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. <laughs> See it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And and with, with this, who came who came up with the idea originally, or was it a a, a bunch of different ideas that that were all put into a kind of uh, a melting pot and, and this is what this is what came out I'm really interested to know what was the process was it you know speak to so many founders and so many of them said that there was never you know one light bulb moment there was like you know just a series of moments building up to what the idea essentially 
Yeah, I mean, it's really been an evolution. So there's mm. a point on time in which, um, you know, I wanted to build this platform. And then there's a point on time where the ID started forming, which was way before then. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, almost back back in college, you know, probably everyone has memories of this, whether it's in college or it's in the workplace or just talking with friends. You have this kind of really brilliant individuals that, that you know who you're working with or studying with who, uh, you know, week after week after week talk about a new idea or one thing they should build. Um, uh, however, they never end up doing it, right? You know, I have a number of friends, for example, in my McKinsey days who are, you know, make amazing founders and uh, still when I meet them occasionally, they will be talking about, you know, this this amazing value creation opportunity that could really impact the world in a positive way that they've been talking about for years. But they, you know, you're still kind of stuck in academia or you're, you're stuck in, in, in a corporate or, or wherever you are. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's when it started. And then, you know, it started building companies um, and, uh, you know, five, six years ago thought, hey, you know, there, there must be kind of a great platform to capture all this amazing talent that are excited about building something, but, you know, didn't necessarily, necessarily take the step. Or the people who have tried building something, but because they started in the wrong way or, or made some of these, these these basic mistakes, didn't succeed. And, uh, you know, we kept iterating this model. And then uh, after, you know, we sold Solora and I finished, you know, my, my commitment there, uh, we really got serious about it. And that's when we decided, okay, we're going to build this platform. And then we went very deep on on how to do this in the best way. We read up on all the science, we went and talked to all the venture capital companies, we talked to all the early stage businesses I spoke about earlier, and uh, and tried to pick the best elements from each of them, right? You know, VCs know how to make great investment decisions. Uh, accelerators know how to create a lot of great momentum, at least the best ones do in early stage companies. Um, places like, you know, uh, Rocket Internet, McKinsey, universities, etc. They know how to attract amazing talent and how to um, uh, assess that talent. We just need to assess people on different characteristics. And then we pick the best elements from each of these communities by working and looking at the best, like, you know, why common yeah. and, you know, talk with Sequoia and Greylock and a number of those other great VCs. And, and then that's how it formed. Okay, uh, and then we launched, and now we're learning every day. <laughs> mm, I bet because last year was your your first cohort out of Singapore. Is that that correct? Yeah, so we launched um, in July last year. Uh, so since July last year, we built forty six, forty seven companies now. Wow, um, across across Europe and Southeast Asia, and uh, we do expect that we'll enable another three four hundred founders this year and bu- build another hundred companies this year in. In, in Europe, the US, Africa, Australia, and, and Southeast Asia. So, yeah, very exciting. It is indeed. And um, so the, the latest city, am I right, would, would be London that you started in, or are you further along than me? <laughs> so, um, um, Stockholm launched in January. So, Singapore first, Stockholm launched in January. Amsterdam launched last week. Oh, okay. And, uh, and the, the next one coming up is actually on, on Sunday, we have uh, Sydney launching. And then uh, 
the, the same week London is launching, actually one day later. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's going to be very exciting. I think we have 70 to 80 founders, uh, amazing talent uh, coming from all across Europe uh, and a lot of people from Britain who are ready to start building some, some great companies uh, there. Yeah. Mm. And, and tell, for, the, for those who are listening, would you mind just explaining the program and, and how people would, would, would go about? So as I understand it, um, literally by going to, your, to, to the Antler website, um, they, can, they can apply through the website, they can, they can see what the program entails, but would you mind just, just explaining it? Because um, I could imagine there's quite a few people who'd be interested listening into this. Yeah, so you go to anter.co and uh, there's a big red apply button up in the top right hand corner. So you just click that and it actually takes about a minute to do that first step of the application. And then after that, people will receive um, a self-assessment form and then uh, you get called in for interviews. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, currently we receive, uh, you know, a few thousand applicants per cohort. Uh, and then uh, we, we select 100, 100 people every time, except for the first program, we select a little bit fewer. But uh, uh, so, so 100 people will come in. Um, who have been carefully selected, uh, and these are everything from product builders, you know, people who know how to own and build a product, as uh, you know, coders, people who are deep in AI, people who are you know hardware experts. Um, we have deep deep subject matter experts. These can be academics, PhDs, postdocs, people who have 10 to 15 years experience with in a specific industry and really know how to disrupt, you know, the value chain. Uh, either through innovation or, or, or through just doing it smarter with the help of technology. And then the third group of people we get in are what we call operators. So these are you know, people who, who, are, who have great business experience, whether it's from sales or operations or you know, coming from management consultancy or, or banking or, uh, or just kind of self-taught uh, mega salesman. Uh, so, so those are the group of people that come in. And then when the program starts, you know, you're there with a hundred amazing individuals who have one thought or a mind, which is this building an amazing business. And, and we've been testing everyone for a, a great spike, a lot of drive and, and the tenacity to build something. So it's really a ton of energy in the room. Then we spend the first two months putting together great teams. And that happens, a lot of that happens organically and a lot of that happens for us coming with suggestions. And then uh, when the teams are formed, uh, we, we go into business model validation. And the way we do this is some way this is generic in the way that you want to ensure you're solving a real problem. Uh, you want to ensure your customer want to buy this product. You want to ensure that you know the unit economics works. So the, the, these things are generic. But then we also want to go deep into the subject matter. And that's where our advisory board come in. So now we have you know, 300 amazing advisors from all across the globe, from, you know, Andreas Ann, who built uh, the Spotify platform. Yeah, amazing. To, <laughs> yeah, to, to, to other people who then give advice on on the specific business model based on their expertise. Yeah, I, I know one of them, actually. I was having a look through. I know Merle from Ferilio. Um I know her. Oh, terrific. Yeah, yeah. She's spoken at one of, our, one of the live events that... Um, 
that I host as well, um, and I've had her, had her on the podcast as well. So it was interesting seeing who you've um, he you've got on there. So so they in effect um, act as mentors, do they to to the businesses? Yeah, they okay. act as mentors on the areas in which they have an expertise yeah. or the areas in which they're interested. And this is great because then we can match people with their interest area. And mm. a lot of our advisors and mentors also come in and invest later and together with, with Anter. Okay. And we, of course, also invest in the businesses, right? So we, we'll, yeah. we'll invest, depending on which region you're in, somewhere between 100 and 150K. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for 10% equity. And, and this is a great value proposition. Like coming out of Antler after a six months program, uh, you own 90% of a, of, of a business which at the minimum is worth, uh, you know, $1 million. And in most cases worth around three, $4 million, right? So it's a, mm. it's, 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 it's a valuable six months. And so to start with, and obviously this will evolve as as you go through your second third fourth cohort etc but um process wise you're you're i mean you're obviously looking for the the best of the best the most driven people that the you know the most ambitious people that there are out there but you're you're looking at what something like 10 percent of of people that are are taken on at the moment or or slightly less than that we're currently at around three four percent of the people applying yeah um Depending a bit by region, but uh, you know, on average is around there. Um, uh, however, um, I, I also want to make this clear: is you know, we're not looking for. We have a lot of people who come from you know the best universities and the best companies and so on. But mm-hmm. we also have you know self-taught coders from Vietnam. We have you know yeah, people who are amazing. you know innovators without education. People mm-hmm. who built a startup who might have been you know become a five ten million dollar company and now they want to build a billion dollar company uh, so you know we have people really from all walks of life so we have people who've you know just been doing deep deep research in universities uh, for a long period of time mm. and we believe that a lot of the magic in antler is when you can get you know this diversity into a room with one common vision of building one amazing business um it it you know a lot of magic happens and, yeah and uh, you know there's a lot of research on this that diverse teams uh, you know outperform any other co-founding team uh, both in terms of background skill sets spikes uh, you know nationality uh, you know uh, sex etc hmm. so you know it's 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 that part works very well yeah, and, and and what I like, you know, what, one of the common themes that that come up time and time again, whether interviewing people for the for the podcast or, or hosting live events. That the last live event we did was this came up, um, had a whole bunch of like food tech companies talking, and is that for those who are solopreneurs or an entrepreneur with, without a co-founder, it can be a really really lonely place out there. Um, but you're addressing that head on, really. Exactly right, and um, uh, we address it head on, uh, and also we just provide more opportunities, right? So even if you're, even even if you're not lonely, right? We have people here who, um, you know, one of our one of the founders who, who now built an, an amazing um, company in the last court, Anna Rattala uh, from Finland. Uh, she used to run Slush. In, in Southeast Asia, which is one of the biggest startup conferences here. And of course, she knows a ton of potential co-founders. She knows a ton of great investors. She knows a ton of great mentors. 
but she wanted to leverage our network on top of her own network, had the opportunity to meet uh, our co-founders on top of her, you know, other co-founders she could reach. And, and this is very important as well. Like, you know, our program is not very prescriptive. So, you know, sometimes some of our, uh, the people coming in will find one co-founder in, in, in our court and then we'll bring in some other co-founder externally, right? What we really care about is just putting together an amazing team. Uh, so it's really just an, a way to enable great people and, and leverage up great people, right? You know, uh, so whether you want is, you know, uh, lonely and don't have that contact network and we can provide that or whether you already have a great network and uh, you know then it just becomes an even bigger opportunity right so uh, again you know we have quite a bit of diversity there in terms of people coming in yeah I mean that, that's what I like about this it's it kind of it t- takes a lot for me to get blown away these days with the kind of people that I, I get introduced to. I have to say, you know, my kind of p- the people that I get to speak to. There's some amazing uh, entrepreneurs and amazing businesses and ideas out there. But but this has completely blown me away. I have to say, Antler, I think it's amazing because you've got that melting pot of ideas with really driven, ambitious people, and yet you've got this huge network where people can essentially leverage that to create other opportunities and you you just think where is the ceiling on this that there isn't one essentially is there no i i don't think so and and you're you're completely right alex and i I appreciate that um i think the the interesting thing with what we're doing is that in all senses and aspects it's it's just going to get more and more powerful because what we see is uh, the founders that are now becoming alumni Antler have formed a new own network that are helping each other out and you know they will utilize this platform long term they're also referring their friends into the program uh, which means that we can reach more people um, and then you know the more experience our alumni get the more they can contribute to new people coming into the program so really you know we we, we hope that you know as as we grow and we do this and we're, we're very humble right we need to ensure that we learn and we always do things better and we need to ensure that the value that we're providing our um, uh, founders that come in gets better and better um, and this is you know what we're trying to do every day and it's early days but it, it seems like this network is, is really forming well and the, the the first companies that we built now and are, are really doing really really well and and you know the fastest ones are growing very fast and creating a lot of value and we see now that even you know even the the portfolio companies are helping each other out right so we have now one of our portfolio companies we built a telecommunications company here out of singapore uh, uh three four months ago and they are now in amsterdam holding sessions for our amsterdam core who are in week two of the program uh, nice. and you know that's that's just very humbling to see yeah i mean i was looking at it as because that that funnily enough that was going to be my exact ne- next question but you you beat me to it was um you know the the alumni and how powerful that could be because they essentially become ambassadors for 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 antler and f- for all of the the startups that you you found and funds and you know you almost become some kind of elite version of linkedin i'm just thinking you, you cut through all of that kind of fluff of you know people pumping out all their own information on linkedin that you have to cut through to actually 
get through to the people who can actually open those doors for you. Um, that's, that's the kind of way that I've looked at it. You know, I don't know if you've thought about it in a similar vein. Yeah, you're completely right. And, and it's, it's amazing to, to be on some of these founders Slack channels. Of course they have the <laughs> private Slack channels as well, which, yeah. uh, you know, uh, where we, we don't know what's, what's going on, but the, the ones that we are on, uh, it's just very honest feedback, very direct input, uh, a lot of ID sharing, a lot of introduction and opening of doors. Uh, also, I think it, it, it puts not only us, but also the ecosystem and our partners that are working with us, venture capitalists, investors, and et cetera. Um, uh, you know, it put, puts pressure on them because they know that, uh, you know, this, you know, everyone is part of the, and the program speaks very honestly about the, the support they got from other parts of the ecosystem as well. Uh, and, uh, and and therefore they want to contribute even more to it to our founders i think that's very powerful and the, mm. the second thing I, I talked about it a little bit but um the second thing which is which we believe is very powerful is this referral channel right yeah you know, massive yeah. how can you how can you the best you know if 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 you were working in google today and uh, you were an, an amazing talent and you had a great idea that that would impact the world in a positive way, you know, uh, uh, neither you or, or I uh, would be more powerful than one of their former colleagues in terms of uh, convincing them to quit their job and start building a business, right? So mm. that referral channel is, is, is very, very powerful. Mm. And what do you think, um, I, I don't know if it's too early for them, but you say you had the first cohort in, in July. Um, can you share with us any any of the learnings that you've you've taken from that first cohort already, and and what kind of a secondary question to that is what kind of qualities have you kind of identified that it that it takes to be the leader to be a founder? Yeah, so uh, let me ask the, answer the second part first. So uh, what we've seen is uh, that there are really three things that stands out. Uh, one one is having a spike, right? So, you know, we always hear that uh, great founders of, of businesses that they built from the scratch often are quite quirky or weird characters. Uh, and, you know, I think that's actually true. And it's not really because they're weird. It's just because they typically are very spiky characters. So, so with, with, with a spike, we mean, you know, there's this, this, just this one area in which they are way stronger than most of the rest of the population. And this can be very different, right? You, you probably also have friends who would enter an elevator and then there's 12 strangers in there. And then when the elevator's on the ground floor, they're, they're friends with everyone and remember everyone's name in the elevator. And, you know, that's that's a spike, right? Um, another spike is, you know, I have a friend who literally reads up on everything related to rockets and rocket engines. And it's just, he just knows more than anyone else in Singapore about, you know, rockets and rocket engines. And, uh, you know, that that's a spike. And this spike can be very different from person to person, but we believe great founders has a spike like this. And most people has a spike, yeah. It's just a lot of people don't, don't haven't spent a lot of time nurturing it, but most people has a spike. The second thing is drive, like that inner engine. Are you able to move the train forward? You know, like, like the title of your show, screw it, just do it. Uh, you know, it's 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 an important characteristic for a founder, right? Uh, building a business, nothing will ever be perfect. Uh, a lot about 
it is just execution and creating momentum. Um, so that inner engine uh, is very important. And the third thing that we've seen is, is tenacity, meaning, you know, failure is not an option. Um, and this, this I should talk about a little bit because it's not to us, like failure is always an option and failure is not a bad thing. You learn a lot from failure. We just believe that you shouldn't fail from giving up. You should fail for the right reasons, meaning, you know, you've, you've done everything you could to make it a success. And, and great founders, they, they run through, you know, heaps and hurdles to, uh, to get to the end point. And there are great examples from that, you know. Uh, also, if you, of course, read Richard Branson's books, there's a lot of examples of, of the hurdles he's run through to build successful businesses. And many times you're close to bankruptcy. Many times there are other big issues. And great founders, they, uh, they find a way through that. And that tenacity is critical. Sometimes, you know, Teams succeed not because they were the best one or not because uh, they had the best business model, but just because they didn't give up. Um, so this is this is a very important characteristic. Mm. And um, how, again, I, d I don't know if you've got many of these learnings since since you started, but how important, again, given, given your background um, in e-commerce before, is is managing the growth expectations of the founders coming to join you compared to what the what the reality could be, um, you know. And again, I know you only started, say, in July, but maybe more so on, on your on your past background. How how important is that kind of managing those expectations, but at the same time, you're not wanting to douse that entrepreneurial fire, that spike that people have, that their ambition is, you know, limitless. It's a great question. So. Um, we focus a lot on finding that early momentum because it is, of course, critical because with momentum, it creates all types of other types of momentum, right? Once you start to create a bit of momentum, then investors get excited, partners get excited, more customers get excited, you get all these network effects. Uh, so we focus a lot on that. Now, uh, there, of course, this will vary a lot from the type of business model that you're building, right? Are you doing a deep tech company? Momentum looks very different from if you're building a, a more simpler direct-to-consumer e-commerce platform. Uh, so uh, we talk a lot about our founders uh, around like what is momentum for you and how do you create that momentum? Um, and then there's also great examples out there of uh, companies who for a long period of time, uh, didn't see anything happen. And then suddenly they found the core reason for why it didn't happen. And, and the platform just took off, right? One of my favorite examples from that is uh, Airbnb. You know, you, you probably know that story where in the beginning it was growing very, very slowly. They didn't even know if this was a concept that could really fly or take off. And then they realized that, you know, there was a few different things. One of them was the ability to pay through the platform. People feel, felt awkward coming to a home and then paying the, the landlord in cash. Uh, so they implemented a payment system and, you know, their whole rating and trust part of their, their platform. And once that was in place, suddenly they grew like crazy and they're now one of the biggest successes ever, right? So... 
coming with a few examples like that where you know it's important to create that early momentum and know what that means and then knowing where your customers are but then also realize that even if you don't get it over the first two to three months uh, it might suddenly suddenly get that release and what you should then spend the two three months doing is trying to find out what will be that mechanism that will lead to that momentum mm-hmm. yeah that really good answer and um again just to kind of clarify for, for people listening uh, who'd be interested um are you looking at a broad completely broad ideas when it comes through um different businesses that these 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 founders go on to found as in the different types of tech is it is it right across the board are you are you guys looking to particularly focus on on different types of tech so so right across the board so far we built everything from you know direct to consumer baby food companies to uh, deep tech space companies uh, utilizing AI algorithms to analyze satellites imagery for you know uh, 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 construction of, of big sites to you know robotics to uh, you know e-commerce company for uh, uh, business women to uh, you know a, a double impact platform for female sexual health in India to EduCredit, who's working on reducing the amount of dropouts in universities in Southeast Asia, to you know telecommunications companies. So it's, it's really across the board. Uh, and I think it's the result of our platform, which really just focus on bringing like really, really talented people that we believe can be great founders together and then start to validate the business ideas. And some of these ideas come from the founders themselves, about 70% of the ideas come from the founders themselves. Do they? That was a question I was going to ask you. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So people come with a, in with a lot of great ideas and then we iterate, you know, they might be, some are very well-formed ideas and almost already business models. Either are just an idea around an area in which value can be created or, or an idea around the problem that really needs to be solved. And then we iterate that. Yeah. Uh, for the people without IDs, the great thing with our core is there's a lot of great founders coming in with very, very good ideas. And then we also partner with venture capital companies, uh, some corporates. We also have our own idealization center where we feed ideas into the cohort. We don't, non, non-prescriptive, it's more, yeah. we do a hackathon around three, four ideas that we believe really make sense. And then some teams start picking up on them and we start iterating them, validating them, and they turn into to a great business. So mm. uh, a lot of different ways to get there. Uh, yeah. But there's definitely not a, not a shortage of ideas. <laughs> no, and that's, that's going to say, you know, meet so many people through, you know, load the live events that I either host or, or I speak at, again, through um, businesses that we funded at Virgin Startup. And so many people have great ideas and maybe not as successful as they thought it was going to be. So they come up with another idea and they launch that and then, and then another one. And maybe they just haven't found the right co-founder, the right team to help them reach their goal. So maybe something like this would attract that kind of person and be, and be attractive for them in, in return but to get a you know 10% investment to actually 
get up and running because that's that you know therein lies the the second problem that we come across the, the most is that you know once they've raised a small amount of money you know in the kind of five figures they're then looking for for six figures and it's it's not a really easy mappable path from from pretty much everybody that i speak to on a regular basis yeah exactly i think you're completely right and um and you know a lot about this is um uh, you know, again, back to what I said before, like all businesses are fundamentally built on great people, right? They decide what they're going to build, they iterate what they're going to build, they execute on it. So you got to have that right. Uh, if you don't have that right, it doesn't matter how good the idea is. Uh, so, so that's number one. The second part to, to that that I want to comment on, uh, Alex, is it's also sometimes when you have the right idea, um, you need to really iterate it as deep as you can over, over, of course, a short period of time. You shouldn't wait too long to start building, but you should spend enough time to go deep enough. So when you start building, you start building at the best premise that there is, right? Meaning that you go to market strategies is, is, is the right one. Uh, your um, your product architecture is the right one. You launch with the right features. You launch a product which is strong enough to start acquiring customers, but not too complex that you haven't been able to test it and iterate it in the market before you got started. And a lot of companies will unfortunately not spend enough time on that validation upfront. They just start building. And then it's quite easy to raise a little bit of capital. So they'll raise a little bit of capital, start building. And then they realize after 18 months that they started at the wrong direction. And then after 18 months, they, they burn through two, 300,000 pounds. Mm. And then uh, they can't get any more investors on board because they haven't shown <laughs> any results, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's incredibly important. Mm. And um, just to understand a little bit more uh, about Antler and, and how you how you started um, the business. So with the, with the money that you're investing in the cohorts, is that come from other VCs, or have you you raised that money yourself? How, how did you put together your your own business model? Yeah, so I think you know uh, my principle is always you, you should always put, put 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 your money where your heart is and where your mouth is. So, yeah. You know, uh, the first money in Antwerp came from from uh, myself and the partner group, mm -hmm. uh, and that's how we started. Right. And then, okay. of course, now we're building a lot of companies, and and uh, unfortunately, even if we'd love to, we, we can't fund all of them ourselves. So we have uh, set up set up uh, uh, classical venture capital funds in in each location uh, that uh, uh, comes in and now makes. Investment. So the investors that come into to entries, you know, most of them are you know successful entrepreneurs, high-net individuals, family offices, some corporates, some institutions who who care about. You know, of course, they care about financial returns. They care about deal flow, but they also care about the impact this has, meaning that they're help, helping to enable innovation. Right? It's a bit different from a standard VC investment in the way that. Uh, you know, standard VC will invest in existing businesses, but this money goes towards creating new businesses and creating new innovation, and and uh, and uh, and that's why we've been able to, I think, very rapidly bring on board some some really great investors. Um, and for our portfolio companies, this really matters because a lot of the investors that make this first initial investment through Antler, 
will come in and invest in these businesses afterwards in their seed series A, series B, and etc. So we're building a strong community of investors there. In our last demo day in Singapore, we had 450 investors flying from all across the globe. We had people come from the US, from Europe, all across Southeast Asia, from China. Um, and, you know, it's an aspect we didn't speak that much about yet. Uh, but it's also incredibly important that that first, uh, you know, few investors you get on board uh, are not only money, but if they can also add value to your business, it's extremely powerful because then on top of Antler, you have that investor's whole network. And also if they can support the business in, in further rounds, it's super helpful because it really shows long-term commitment. Um, so so that's one of the, that's the last part of the Antler program is getting external funding for our businesses. And we put a lot of effort into that. Okay, now that was interesting. I just speaking to my, um, my cousin's husband and he's just raised 50 million to start a brand new bank and they're about a year into the process um, and it's so often that I've, I've heard people who've gone on to raise you know re- really successful companies in the hundreds of millions of pounds and they say it's it's easier to raise like 50 million pounds but trying to raise your first million is so difficult or you know your first six figure sum is so difficult you're trying to get something like that is, is far far easier in principle because you've already proven so much more before that it's, I think that's definitely true. Uh, now, luckily, it's getting better and better, right? I mean, I'm very impressed by the early stage, uh, you know, the growth of the early stage ecosystem. And uh, I mean, definitely in London, but but also across the globe here in Singapore is very active. Uh, but I think, you know, you, you definitely benefit from very structurally thinking through that process to ensure that the first few investors that come on board um, uh, also add value to the business uh, and you know here we, we have a list for example in Southeast Asia we have the same in Europe that we're building now and, and expanding but you know we have a list there in Southeast Asia of about a thousand early stage investors across Southeast Asia and then we know what they're interested in investing in and then we couple that with our portfolio companies to ensure that there's a good match between the investor and the portfolio company and they all get to meet each other over a few days around our demo day. And therefore, you don't have to spend, you know, days and weeks and months, you know, trying to get to these investors and finding out where the right match is. It still takes a bit of time, but you can shorten the period and make it much more professional and then ensure that you're set up for your next round when you need to go out there and, and raise more money. So, yeah, we, we put a lot of effort into that part. And... Um, uh, you know, in, in Europe, uh, we have the Nordic ecosystem mapped up. The UK is starting to be pretty good. And then now we're doing Central Europe. So I think that would be a very exciting database. Mm, it, yeah, sounds like you're doing a, a lot of the work that um, that a lot of other people have talked about doing and no one's actually ever got around to doing. <laughs> All a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, but uh, interested to know, how, how big is the, the Antler team at the moment? Because that sounds, that sounds like a, a lot of work, actually. But, you know, you obviously are a global company. What kind of size are you at the moment and how... How quickly do you envisage growing then? You mentioned some of the, the, the new cities coming up and the new cohorts that are going to be coming out of there. But what, what kind of numbers are you looking at at the moment and, and per, per, perceived to be in the, the next couple of years? Yeah, yeah so, so there you're touching on a great point, uh, Alex. And yes, 
we we have an advantage in the way that we we built this to start with to be a global platform, meaning that we have a, a lot of synergies uh, globally. So meaning it's it's hard for someone just in one location to build an amazing recruiting tool to build an amazing investor database and a CRM system to manage that and an amazing program tool. We have an Antler Wikipedia, which we use across our, uh, our, our locations. And we've been able to do that because uh, the cost of doing so is now distributed across seven locations. And, and soon it will be distributed across, you know, 10, 15 locations. You know, let's, let's see how fast we grow. Um, and then there's a few people in the global team that serves all the locations. Uh, however, it's incredibly important for us that each local team is standalone, incredibly strong. So we, we are not a hierarchical organization. We, we're a global partnership. So uh, the, the people who run London, the people who run Sweden, the people who run uh, Australia, I, I would consider them as strong, if not stronger than me. Uh, and, and the only way we've been, we've been able to do that is through creating a, a global partnership where, you know, part of the upside in all of Antler is shared across everyone. So uh, that, in, you know, that, that incentivizes the people in London to help Australian companies expand into Europe and the other way around. It also incentivizes sharing um, uh, it incentivizes that we pick up learnings in the UK and can apply them in Singapore and the other way around. And that's very, very powerful. So now, Antler as a whole, we're about uh, 70 people globally. Um, and, uh, you know, all of these 70 people are... Uh, also, you know, our incentives is is uh, the carry upside on, on these companies, right? Which literally is... It means that our incentive is 100% aligned with building successful businesses. We are all in the same boat with our, um, you know, founders that come into the program. So that's why you'll see, like, you know, the Antler team is, if anything, is is as intense, if not even more intense than the founders <laughs> who come board because you know we're just so excited about you know these these founders succeeding. Yeah, yeah, um, and. I've taken up a, a whole load of your time, so I really appreciate that. But um, j just to finish up, um, it sounds like an incredible opportunity for a lot of people. And um, we've talked about um, how potential founders can get involved. How about, um, and I'm thinking people listen to the show, again, such, such a broad range of people, but I'm, I know a lot of people who are, who are mentors, who are, who are investors. Um, so if they wanted to, to join Antler, whether that was to, to, to work with you, you know, as, as partners, work for you, and even to become advisors, that kind of thing. What, what's the easiest way for them to, um, to, to get in touch with you? Um, because it seems like there's going to be a lot of opportunity opening up over the next couple of years, Magnus. For sure, definitely. I mean, um, in terms of joining as a founder, the easiest is to go to antler.co and, and click apply. It literally takes just a couple of minutes. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, investing, we are, you know, really excited about bringing on board uh, smart uh, investors who want to make an impact. So, you know, probably the easiest way is just write an email to magnus at antler.co. Uh, but there's also other ways to find us through our website. Uh, if you want to join and help build Antler, uh, there will be ample opportunities there as we roll up 
and, and scale this platform globally. We do have a career page on our website, uh, but also just feel free to, to email me directly and I'll either reply myself or, uh, or, or forward to the right person. So, you know, very excited to have as many of, of your listeners involved as possible. Uh, I know it's, it's a pretty, pretty powerful audience. So, so hopefully someone would be excited to, to come on board. Where do I start after a conversation like that? There are literally a gazillion different uh, subjects I could talk about post uh, chatting to, to Magnus. Incredible individual and incredible business that he's co-founded. As you could probably guess from the number of my questions, um, completely and utterly blown me away. Um, and I'm honored to have been asked to have been one of their advisors and to speak to their first cohort in London very soon. So massively looking forward to that. Not something that I expected off the off the back of the interview. But moving on, a couple of things um, that I would like to talk about is is focus. Um, and the focus being on the individual, not just on the idea. And trying to relate that to yourself and your own business, is that something that you look at when you're recruiting, for example, no matter what position in the organization? Um, you know, recruit on on talent. And if you if you meet somebody who you don't even have a role for them, but they're incredibly talented. So it's so difficult to recruit the right people these days. Every single founder that I've spoken to over the last three years says the same thing to me, whether it's a six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure business. The hardest thing is to recruit and retain talent. So if you come across an individual you know, with some of the qualities that, that, that Magnus talks about, that, that spike, that, that perseverance, that determination – then you've really got to be able to, if there's any way, shape or form you can do it, create a position for them in your company. So trying to think about putting the focus on the individual, not just on, on, the, on the idea. Collaboration is the next thing I wanted to talk about, about idea sharing. Again, relating it back to yourselves. How often is it that you actually ask the rest of your employees to try and help you um, coming out with with their ideas, asking them what ideas they've got to to move things forward in the business. What potential ideas have they thought about for for generating revenue, for doing things, making a process easier? Um, you know, it's all very well talking about it at a, you know at a board level, but how often do you ask that? young, exciting, enthusiastic, intelligent talent coming into your business to help with idea sharing. Just something I wanted to throw into the mix. And the last one I'll pick up on, a, although I could talk, give you 10 takeaways this week, not the usual three, but is is problem solving. Uh, and again, relating that you know, back to, to your business, how, how often do you review things, what's not working, and actually get a bunch of people in a room together to solve that problem. Again, relating it back to my previous point, but you know, how often do you do that? Is it on a monthly? Is it on a quarterly? Is it, is it just once a year? 
um, because you know one of the beauties of having a, a small business is that we're able to um, move very quickly compared to big blue chip organizations. So, you know, trying to think of of that from your point of view, if you've got a problem in your business, and I'm sure every business has got a whole bunch of things that are looking to solve at any one time, is getting together on a regular basis and just, you know, having a brain dump about that and trying to look at it from a bunch of different ways. And maybe it's bringing other people into that equation to try and help you solve that problem rather than the same people trying to solve it time and time again. So, you know, crowdsourcing that problem solving. And these are all, you know, three things that I that seems to me from the outside looking in and I'll, I'll get a, a better idea um, once I start working with the Antler team. But, you know, these are three very important things that are right at the core of what they're doing and what making it such an exciting, um, disruptive, and I think global changing business in every way, shape, or form. I think it's um, it's incredible, and I can't wait to um, to tell you more about it. I'm sure we'll, we'll revisit this, um, we'll revisit Antler during the course of uh, the next year or so um, on the on the podcast. Before I finish up, last thing is that next is a great podcast to finish on because literally uh, next week, the next one will be celebrating um, three years of, of live events and two years of the podcast um, on Bournemouth Beach. Um, information, simply go to the Screw It, Just Do It Eventbrite page. I'm going to have a very small, intimate gathering where we're going to record an episode where we started it back, really, with um, Jimmy Cregan from Jimmy's Ice Coffee, who um, started things off for us at his HQ. And we're going to be interviewing them on on innovation um, next week. We're going to be putting that episode out live once it's recorded to our audience in 111, I believe, today, countries. Um, and really, really looking forward to that. And if you'd like to be a part of that, like I say, just go to the Screw It, Just Do It Eventbrite page. Um, and there are a very limited number of tickets there, which you can um, you can join us. Be great to, to meet you in person. Make sure you come over and say hi. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK, pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup U community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup U Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally It's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe 
and I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it. Just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter.